It is Monday, so that means it's time for my usual Monday guest here, Acumen Laws, Kyla Lee. Kyla, how you doing here today? I'm not bad, thanks. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks so much for taking the time, as always. Appreciate it. So, an article in McLean's Magazine, it came out on Friday, entitled, The Nova Scotia Shooter Has Case... Or, sorry. The Nova Scotia Shooter Case Has Hallmarks of an Undercover Operation. Uh, in it, I mean, there's some pretty crazy stuff that was put out in this article. So, it says, Sources say the cash withdrawal of $475,000 by the man who killed 22 Nova Scotians in April matches the method RCMP would use to send money to confidential informants and agents and is not an option that would be available to private banking customers. And there's actually a quote from a current RCMP officer who has said, quote, I've worked a number of CI cases over the years and this is how things go. All payments are made in cash and to me, that interaction alone proves he has a secret relationship with the force, end quote. Uh, Kyla, there's a, a lot of questions that I have coming out of this piece. Basically, you know, there's there's Mounties out there that have said originally that they have no special relationship with the shooter in this case, but now we have RCMP officers who currently work in the force saying, well, this kind of has all the signs that maybe there is some kind of a special relationship here. Um, you know, what were your thoughts when you were reading this piece? Well, when I first saw the piece, my, my initial thoughts were, oh my gosh, this has to be some type of conspiracy theory. But when I when I saw that it came from McLean's, it, you know, that's a legitimate news source. Um, and they wouldn't publish something unless they had, you know, researched and, and done all of the appropriate verification. So I was shocked to read some of the things that people are saying about the potential for a relationship between the RCMP and I think and, and this individual and I think it highlights the need for greater transparency from the RCMP when they're dealing with circumstances that um, result in their undercover investigations going horribly awry. I mean, I guess, would it be possible that this is something that maybe they just wanted to keep from the public while it kind of conducts an investigation? Is that something that might have any place here at all? Oh, absolutely. I mean, especially if they're investigating something that's ongoing, um, whether it's whether it's terror-related, whether it's related to drug trafficking, whether who knows what it's related to. If the investigation is ongoing, they may want to keep this from the public and they may want to keep it quiet because they don't want to compromise the integrity of the investigation. But at the same time, this information is now out there. The public has questions. People in Nova Scotia are still grieving after what has happened here. and And we deserve to some extent to know whether this individual was involved in an RCMP investigation. Having this information out there has enough potential to compromise an ongoing investigation that it's appropriate for the RCMP to at least say, yes, we were involved with him. Yeah, and of course, none of this is, is proven or out there just yet, but obviously there is going to be more allegations that this is the case moving forward. Um, so what would I guess would be the, the responsibility or, or what do you think should be the responsibility of the RCMP when they're asked the type of question like, do you have a special relationship with this individual? And they just outright said no. Um, I mean, that's uh, essentially, I mean, again, I don't want to say that this is in fact true, but it potentially could be a lie. Is that uh, a concerning that that would be an outright lie? Wouldn't it be better just to not comment, I guess? It would be concerning if it's an outright lie, but not commenting is often interpreted as a comment in and of itself, um, as, as you know. Right. Um, and so the failure to comment might be interpreted as silence equaling acquiescence. Um, the problem that, that I see here with the police not being transparent, particularly given the way that things went with um, with Mr. Wortman and, and the tragedy that ensued, is that there is something going on, and there is this extreme potential for violence 
connected in some way to something they're doing, they could run afoul of their duty to warn. And the, the police have a duty in Canada to warn the public at any point where there is a danger to public health or safety. Um, and, I mean, we already saw that if this person was involved with the RCMP, that, that they didn't do anything uh, about the you know potential danger that he posed, and they may have been more aware of it than they've let on at this point. And so there is a concern that the, you know, if this the allegations in this piece are true, that the RCMP are covering themselves from a potential lawsuit by the families of the victims. Yeah, and then if you want to get into further details and talking about informing the public when there is a potential threat, I mean, we know that the situation and, and when it was all happening wasn't handled uh, overly well, I don't think, by police when it comes to informing the public that there was, uh, you know, a potential life-threatening uh, situation that that was happening at that time. So, yeah, a lot of questions I think that are being raised here as a result of this, and and you know we really probably want, especially for the people in Nova Scotia, they just want answers. They just want to get to bo- to the bottom of of what all happened here in this case that happened in April. Of course, a horrific incident, uh, one of the or the biggest mass killing in in Canada. Um, by use of a, a firearm. I mean, it's a, it's a terrible story and one that I think we all want to have answers to. And, and this just raises a lot more questions now uh, than answers here. So that's uh, that's concerning to me. Anything else that you took out of this that you wanted to highlight here? Because that was the big thing for me was just that, you know, potentially this guy is an RCMP uh, informant or, or a confidential informant or, or some sort of relationship that he had with police. And yet, you know, the, the, the fact that the police are just saying no, that they didn't have one. I mean, that's really the biggest thing that, that came out of it for me. Anything Anything else that you wanted to bring up for from this? Well, I think, you know, where somebody is withdrawing large quantities of cash in excess of $400,000, it's not as though those transactions would have gone unnoticed by police to begin with. So you have to assume that at the point in time that the money is being withdrawn and even at the point in time that the money is being accumulated, um, the some government agency was aware of that fact um, and was to some extent, investigating or monitoring it. So I think even just the fact of the, the cash transaction suggests that there's a lot more to this story that we're not mm-hmm. being told, whether it's from the RCMP or somebody else. Right. Well, hopefully one day we'll get some, some clarity on what's going on. I don't know if that's going to be happening anytime soon, but uh, maybe one day we'll, we'll see some more answers there. I did also want to ask you too, Kyla, while I have you, there was a, a, a story I read here last week talking about uh, two BC parents who hosted a birthday party back in, in 2012. They had minors uh, at this birthday party who were who were drinking alcohol and smoking some pot at this party um and and what ended up happening was they, these two kids ended up leaving the party on foot they they walked to the party and then and then they said they were leaving and as they were leaving the party they decided it would be a good idea to steal a station wagon and then ended up crashing that station wagon uh killing one and severely injuring the other uh person involved so the very very horrific accident that happened as a result of minors who were drinking and smoking at a party um and you you know, we've heard many a times, at least in my experience, when talking about the responsibility of people who are hosting a party, that you know they could potentially be found liable for whatever happens when people leave. Uh, but in this case, the judge found that you know that's not the case. There was no um, the, the the people who were hosting this party, the two parents involved, wouldn't have had any um, you know involvement or or shouldn't be held responsible for the fact that these kids stole a station wagon. I don't know if you've read the piece and, and what are your thoughts on this because I think that it kind of changes how I interpret what the uh, uh, reliability of a host actually is. 
I think that the decision that came from the court made the right call um, and essentially came down to the parents who were hosting the party acting reasonably. Um, on the one hand, the plaintiffs were arguing that uh, there should be an increased duty of care. So the, the standard of intervention to keep people from driving after drinking should be greater when it's adults hosting a party where minors are drinking. And the court rejected that notion. Um, they essentially said that it's just what a reasonable person would do in the circumstance. And the parents that were hosting the party uh, took steps to take everybody's keys away. The people arrived at the party on foot, left on foot, and you can't be held responsible for something that somebody goes and does while they're intoxicated that you couldn't reasonably foresee that they were going to do, like stealing a station wagon and crashing it. Um, and I, I think that's an appropriate place to draw the line um, because it gives people who are hosting parties a clear indication of what it is their responsibilities are. Do what you can to make sure that the people who are leaving are not leaving in a car. Um, what happens after that if they go get into a car somewhere else you shouldn't have to be responsible for. Yeah, and I think that's a, a good note here. I know, it, you know, as, as everything's closed, a lot fewer people are gathering at bars and clubs these days. You can't gather at a club at all these days. So I'm sure a lot more people are looking to be hosting some house parties pretty soon. And this is, I think, just a, a good message for people to be to, to be mindful of. You know, what are your responsibilities as a host? Well, you know, if you make sure that everyone leaves uh, safely, what happens after that is not necessarily your fault. So I think that's an important step for, for people to know about. Well, Kyla, thank you so much for your time, as always. Really appreciate you coming on here and uh, look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you for having me. Awesome. That is Acumen Laws, Kyla Lee.